Hello and welcome to another episode of the Dumb and Dumbest Podcast, a music industry podcast where everything is terrible and the house is on fire and I'm trying to see how fast I can get through this. This is host a music... <laughs> now I got myself lost. We're hosted on ghostcultmag.com. This is the uh, podcast, I'm... music industry podcast where everything is terrible and the house is on fire. It's Yes, it's good. Um, I'm here with Curtis Dewar of Dewar PR, my beautiful Hello. co-host, and our special guest, Angry Metal Guy. Yo. And does, so, who does not go by the name Phil? No, definitely an angry metal guy. Mister the guy. Mister the guy. <laughs> <laughs> um, I had a real. So we had. I just wanted to kind of give an addendum on our last episode because I talked about uh, how me and my buddy Dan reached out to Phil when I was like fourteen um, about like mm-hmm. advice for bands. So I thought you were just like, like, yeah, no one was reading your site except for us when I was ten years ago. <laughs> Like, I yeah. thought that was really cute. That, like, that was our connection. Um, but it's so, awesome. It is. But, but yeah, and, you know, this is sort of how it works, I think, is, like, these things happen over time just by having done it over a long period. Um, point yeah. being, so, Phil, what did you want to talk about today? Um, I wanted to talk about, um, well, actually, there are a couple of things. One, I want to, I want to talk about why Kiss sucks. Um, <laughs> Who I thought we could talk about sending promo and not just sending promo to us, but sending promo to pretty much any, uh, to any blog. Uh, I assume that everybody has their own sort of anal retentive tendencies about what they would like, but some good advice. Uh, and then I thought that we would, we would talk about, um, apparently Curtis wants to talk about my surname to him because he's from Canada. That's right. Okay. Well, just as a start. So, now we'll talk about Kiss as a very first thing, I guess, since since you brought it up. So, which of the videos that I've tweeted at you on Twitter for Kiss Friday have you liked the most? <laughs> I, I'm going to be honest with you. I have uh, muted every single one of those conversations but, immediately. But but if you had to choose one, which one would it be? If I would not choose any of them because because Kiss is terrible. Okay, now let me rephrase the question then. So if because Greg Kennedy said that if he found a Kiss song that he liked, he would post a picture of Matt Bacon next to it, smoking a stogie. Oh, wow. <laughs> so, so if you had to pick one Kiss song for Matt to be associated with uh, Metal Injection, would it be an 80s Kiss song or like a Kiss and Makeup song? I think it would have to be classic Kiss because at least there was a justification for liking them at that point. I mean, come on. Paul Stanley was wearing pink, you know, like gloves and stuff in the 80s. Uh, by the time you make it to the 80s, I don't, I don't understand... Like, I don't even understand what what they were doing, why they didn't break up. Matt, what do you got to say I about understood this? either on some of those records. <laughs> well, I, think it was, I think it was all about Paul Stanley's chest hair, wasn't it? It was. <laughs> it was. And such I, chest hair. I also, yeah. like, for me, the thing that's, like, genuinely exciting about Kiss is, like, how much vitriol you have for it. As, like, you're, like, what, like, 32, 33? No, dude, I'm 37, but still. Okay, yeah. So you're still like I guess as a kid, Kiss was big, but still, like you are you're not really old enough to like have had Kiss marketed at you. Wait, no, wait, the true. guy who's twenty one is saying this. Wait, wait, what? Oh no, oh, no, I well, think that's crazy too. Okay. That I that I love Kiss as much as I do. Like I think that speaks to Did their your marketing crowd. Were into Kiss? Um, not really. Okay, because I feel like like the thing with Iron Maiden is that Maiden is kind of a generational thing. Yeah. 
Right. I mean, but I, so I got Maiden when I was, so when I was six, uh, Seven Sun came out and my brother got it for Christmas. So like, I sort of got it through, through that. That's where I started. The thing with Kiss is that like, I didn't get Kiss young. And when I went to listen to Kiss later on in life, I realized that basically they were just like, yeah, they were just kind of boring rock and roll, like 1950s rock and roll, but with distortion. And like when just stripping the music down, it was like just genuinely uninteresting. And for me, like I just didn't enjoy it. Like I just don't enjoy it at all. And then on top of it, uh, everybody in that band appears to be a gigantic douchebag. So, so it's, it's like, it's very easy to dislike Kiss. I mean, like they're a band that's not hard to hate. Um, and, and I mean, and saying that as a fan of Iron Maiden, who is second only to Kiss in terms of merchandising everything. Um, like, I, I don't know, I just, I, I, don't, I don't understand it. And, I, and I've never really understood why they were so revolutionary. There was a lot of really cool stuff going on in the 70s. Kiss was basically, <laughs> who did I use? What, what was it that I said? Uh, Roy Orbison with Distortion. <laughs> well, the thing is that it's fucking hilarious is, is that they brought the they brought it to they made it accessible to kids. They brought yeah. it to arenas for the first like people weren't really playing a like like there wasn't like this the idea of the arena rock show before they then. They were uh, more like they were also more the show than anything else. Yeah, well, exactly, but that but that that's kind of the key thing with Kiss, right? Is that it's yeah. it it it's, over it's, the top it's more than just a band like they're like i have the destroyer art on my wall and they look like superheroes more than they do a rock band you know what i mean like i think it's more that narrative that they sold rather than oh we're a great band yeah well and give them give them absolute credit for their marketing and i mean those guys were the thing about it is is that like i don't want phil Uh oh did we lose phil Philip, did we just lose a good part of the podcast? Um, we're just gonna keep going while we wait, and he can't rebut us when we uh, preach. Yeah, that's 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 right. Oh wait, Phil, what were you he's saying? Back. No, he's back. He's back. Phil, oh, so, so I can make good arguments for why I think Maiden is innovative. I have trouble making the same kinds of arguments for Kiss that are not. They were very good at marketing, right? You know what I mean? Like, so as soon as the thing you're talking about is their ability to sell their music and not their music, that speaks that to me that says that that's not a band that's actually doing something that interesting. Then you're dealing with great marketing, which cool, good for them, but that's not why I pay attention to music. We, I can see both the viewpoints on that one. Uh, I, I, I mean, I disagree just in the sense that would you have picked up an Iron Maiden record if it didn't have Eddie on it? Well, that's tough for me to, I mean, I would I mean, have, you were a kid, so it's hard, it's hard to say. But, but like, I feel like... You know, I mean, marketing is important. I'm not saying that. But Iron sure. Maiden was not, was, like, Iron Maiden was not, um, like, Maiden innovated in metal in a way that uh, maybe Kiss did. Maybe I, I just don't like the 70s enough or, you know, you know what I mean? Because I'm, I'm also remember yeah. that, like, I kind of feel, and this is not a, this is not a statement of fact. This is sort of how I feel about it. Uh, I kind of feel like metal starts in the early 80s when people break out of the kind of blues rock sure. aspect of hard rock. So, so, I mean, like, and I don't like 
a lot of the stuff uh, like that. Curtis, you've been put all of these all of these polls, and I I realize how much of the seventies and seventies music I get to like. Um, oh really? So I also because like for me I'm not, which is a little bit weird because like for example I I like some of the later Opeth stuff, but I'm just not a huge fan of like blue, like blues influenced rock. So yeah, there's a lot of people like that. Yeah, so, but okay. then. So what's the first heavy metal record to you? Because I, I know what I think it is, but I'm curious what you think the first heavy metal record is. Well, I mean, I think that that's really, really hard. Um, sure. And yeah, that's that. Yeah, it's a tricky question. I mean, like the, the canonical answer and an answer that I think is correct in its own way is just to say Black Sabbath. Sure. Um, but that's blues influenced rock. Of course, it's blues influenced rock, right? So, but for me, I feel like I, I couldn't say what record is first, but I actually think that it's still a little bit tied to Ozzy, which is that I think that Randy Rhodes brings metal out, right? Brings it into something else because he's doing the neoclassical thing. And I think the same thing is true of Steve Harris. And Steve Harris was listening to, uh, he was listening to Prague, right? And those, sure. those early Maiden records are super proggy, but he's also writing from the bass. So he's not doing the kind of power chord guitar thing that yeah. you get from, from sort of standard classic rock. Instead, no. he's riffing. Uh, so, like, you get all of a sudden you get this very weird sort of riffy style. And now, that it doesn't take long, right? What, a couple years later, I mean, within five years, you have thrash metal coming, right? So it's not... Within, like, three years, even. I get what you're saying uh, while, you, while you're dipped out again. Um, I, I guess... Yeah, but I, I think that my... What did you say? The early 80s is just a deluge of, of innovation in metal, right? I was talking about this with my uncle the other day. Like, so I would argue that the first metal record is probably Stained to Class by Judas Priest. Yeah, that makes that. sense. Like, like I feel like, I, I feel like uh, when, I, when I look, like I was actually just looking at, I mean, you could make an argument for Sad Wings of Destiny. But I feel yeah. like Sad Wings and Sin After Sin are still a little too bluesy, whereas Stained Class yeah, starts to like rock, yeah. Stained Class starts to like come together, you know, as like a thing. Yep. Um, but regardless, I was talking about this with my uncle, and I this always, I always thought this was interesting. My uncle is fifty five, I think, and he is identifiably a seventy eight to eighty three heavy metal fan. <laughs> okay, and. So yeah, that's primarily new wave of British heavy metal, but he also likes some of the prog stuff. He like, you know, but that that is his thing. I think right. it's crazy to me that there is no other era in he in heavy music where we see because like '84 is kind of where the first Mantis demos and Napalm Death demos start yep. to happen, et cetera, et cetera. But it's crazy yep. to me to look at like that evolution and like there's not going to be someone. There's no one alive. I mean, there's probably someone who's going to come up in the comments and yell at me, but there's no one today who's like a 2008 to 2013 black metal fan and only want to listen to 2008 yeah. 2013 black metal and bands who sound like that. yeah you know and if yeah, and yeah. like what's interesting to me and i don't know if this is like an age thing like my uncle because he's in his mid-50s is like an elder statesman but like we're okay with 70 someone only caring about 78 to 83 metal and bands that sound like that whereas if someone was like i only really care about black metal between 2008 and 2013 would be like you're a fucking neckbeard <laughs> Yeah, yeah, but yeah. that might that could change in like ten years though. At the same time, right? I also think there's a period of metal 
um, there's another period of metal that you might see it for, which would be kind of the mid nineties to the early two thousands, uh, which is like that whole period when there was so much innovation coming out of Scandinavia in terms of both black metal and like melodic death metal. Right. Yeah. Uh, and you do find a lot of people who pretty much like, yeah, I mean, you'd have to see, but who are into stuff that basically sounds like, you know, in flames and dark tranquility and, and, and they like, mayhem and and these sorts of right and that's sort of that period and that's a good fucking period that is good there's a lot of stuff that i got really into too right because that's when i'm cutting my teeth on extreme metal yeah sure. there's also like the 91 to 95 era with, with a lot of death metal too yeah yeah exactly and that's when i mean we had this thing that we ran for a while called 90 90s metal weirdness uh we still do one occasionally but it's not as much but it was my uh my buddy mark um who is from trials and uh, uh, black sites, and he uh, um, and the thing about it is, is that we're both from kind of the same area. He's from Chicago, and I'm from Wisconsin. And uh, he's a bit older than I. Actually, I think he likes this. He's a bit older. No, than he, I am, no, he both... doesn't. I, I, I did his. I, I, I repped him, and he got mad at me for because oh. somebody had compared him to Paul Stanley. <laughs> right. He got really mad about that. Yeah, <laughs> but <was> not happy. <laughs> But the thing is that uh, uh, we both kind of grew up on these shitty 90s thrash records. Um, you know, it's like when everybody starts to suck. It's like when Anthrax releases Stomp 442. <laughs> and like, <laughs> and, oh, and God, both... I forgot about that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's good that you forgot about that. I'm sorry to bring it back up. But, um, but, but we both sort of, I think that we both kind of cut our teeth on late, later thrash. And then both ended up getting into more extreme stuff after that, right? Which is the natural, yeah. natural progression at that point. Um, but I think that that's like a, that's just kind of a specific period, right? Because like, who cares about those records? Like ni early 90s Testament, no one wants to, right? And, and maybe you like the Black Album, but you probably don't if you're, if you're actually, you know what I mean? Like nobody likes that record and, made, and nobody likes Euthanasia by Megadeth. Uh, I, I, I liked it at the time. Kind of, I think it's kind of an underrated record. There's some there's some stuff on there that I like, but that might that might be nostalgia because I was a kid. Yeah, totally. So, I think yeah, anyway, this has been a very dorky episode thus far. <laughs> well, well, this is this is just the beginning, though. We we, you guys want to talk about this? All right, so let's talk about this. Uh... Well, well, hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up. Okay, I've got to answer with one Kiss song that that you would want Matt Bacon to have to be associated with on Metal Injection. I don't, I don't, I don't feel like it's fair of me to, um, to malign Matt's good name. I'm going to say heaven's on fire for you then. Oh, I was going to say I was made for loving you. <laughs> I was thinking about, guys, you you're going to, don't make me, don't, don't make me Google most embarrassing. Matt, Matt can point at his crotch <laughs> like uh, Gene Simmons does in the video. The, the most embarrassing Kiss song is without a doubt, I just want to uh all night. I just want to uh most, all no, night. no, no, no. Who wants to be lonely is the most well for videos at least is the most embarrassing. Yeah, but I just okay. want to all night is like a very hot. It's it's like it's hard to listen to that one and not like kind of hate yourself for listening to the entire. Song. <laughs> Let's put the X and sex is worse, Matt. Come on, that one is also pretty. I almost pretty tweeted that today, and then I was like worried someone was going to come after me for being. <laughs> I was like so close and I was like, oh shit, man, someone's gonna come after me. Man, whatever. You can't be held responsible for what the, for what Kiss did. No, but I can be held responsible for tweeting out what Kiss did. <laughs> <laughs> Regardless. 
Um, maybe that'll be anyway. the name of this episode. We put the X in sex. Yeah, let's do it. <laughs> the X in sex. That's, uh, that's um, me. Okay, anyway. So let's talk about what Phil wanted to talk about. Yes. Which reminds okay, so- us, now that we've talked about Kiss and Judas Priest for <laughs> half an hour. Yeah, yeah but I, I want to say, by the way, that I, uh, like, for me, Priest is a great start. Like, it's a good, it's a good place to start. Um, they still fit a little more into the old hard rock for me, but, but like, that one of the reasons that I never feel like the Maiden versus Priest thing makes a lot of sense is because I think that they were actually very, very different. Um, and they, they don't, they're not like, they're not somehow equals for me. I think that they're, they're, they're different, they're different periods. Okay, so what I was thinking was that we would talk a bit about this sort of advice from an angry reviewer, which is basically the thing that I try to force, the 1800 words that I tried to force everyone to read before they send us things. Um, And it's a series of of tips. And part of this has to do with the fact that, as I mentioned last time, my uh, inbox is, um, well, it's a disaster area. Mm -hmm. Um, And this, I mean, we receive... I would say hundreds of news items a day, despite the fact that we don't do news. Uh, but if you if you start searching around, which I've been doing, trying to get some, trying to get get a handle on this, if you start searching around, what you realize is that, like for example, people are including their promos, their promo uh, in news releases and stuff like this. But also, um, we deal with a lot of people, a lot of like sort of independent bands who want to send us stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I feel like it's really, really hard to get seen, Mm uh, as it is right. When we're receiving, I think last year there was one of the months there was something like 600 releases that month somebody had. And I mean, and so what we can do 90, let's say we, on a, in a good month when we're super productive and doing three or four a day, we do a hundred a week. And we're trying to stay out front of release dates, yeah. right? Uh, and all of this is coming in to a staff that, um, you know, that hasn't heard of you mm-hmm. and is going on review if you like and maybe, a, a, and, and maybe like a, a video or something. Mm-hmm. Um, but the actual first challenge is getting on to that promo list that everyone is looking at to start with, right? Yeah, uh, and and that's a little bit of what this this thing is about, which is like, okay, what are the ways in which you can ease, uh, you can ease the work I have to do in mm-hmm. order to get yourself on that list? Uh, because the the least amount of work that I have to do, the higher mm-hmm. likelihood that it ends up there, right? Yeah. So, uh, do you want me to just go through this? Well, before you do, before you start, uh, so what possessed you to actually write this? Like, because something must have happened that made you actually go, well, fuck, I'm going to do all this, this big, long Q&A. Well, I think it was basically because I feel bad for, uh, I feel bad for especially independent fans, right? Because I mean, so, yeah. so one, one thing is that like, you know, we're all fans of metal and we're all fans of big bands and metal. So like there is definitely a, a label bias, right? Like, mm-hmm. but the underground is of course fantastic. And the underground in some ways is better than it's ever been, even though we don't have scenes like we yep. used to the sort of localized scenes in the same way, because there's yep. easy access and there's so many people making stuff. And so there's really good stuff that gets completely ignored. 
And some mm-hmm. of that has to do with the fact that you will get, you know, people being like, hey, do you want to review our record six months after they've released it? Or, uh, or <laughs> like, hey, can you, you know, like, here's a stream of, of, of the album, or actually even worse, ask me for a stream of the album. Like, no, okay, fuck you, dude. Like, I don't have time to, I'm not going to, I don't have time. Like, there's like 100 people who want to give you their, their disc, yeah. right? So it's like this kind of thing. Um, is is i think it just causes problems and i just feel bad because we do miss good shit and we feel bad about missing that stuff and we feel bad about them missing out on it so there's the first thing secondly it's hard like with so much stuff like just trying to figure out how to get a trying to figure out how to get a handle on it is tough so yeah okay so all right well why don't you go through each one one by one and let's hear a little bit of a rant about them and we can ask you questions as we go through. So not, not to pimp your business or anything, but the first thing that the first thing on my list is uh, pretty much use a PR firm, like Woo! work with a PR firm. Your uh, PR is a this, great PR firm. I just want to add before he uh, <laughs> goes on anywhere. Yeah, I don't know, man. I, I could hard disagree. That. No, but we're, we're uh, I'm pretty good. I'm pretty good. I'm I'm, I'm pretty. All right. You're good I'm all right. No, but here's here's what I would say. The thing, that, the thing is that obviously you should figure out who does it well, but uh, because of these systems, like the Holics or iPool or whatever, um, these, these systems that are used for sort of sending promo invitations out, mm-hmm. like that's basically the equivalent of injecting music right into my veins. Like I don't have to do anything. All I have to do is be hooked up with... Uh, all I have to do is be hooked up with this firm, right? So, so this is like classic uh, sort of networking stuff. You, you, uh, in, in back in the day, you would have a label that would do this, right? The label has the connections. You're essentially, pay, in, a, in a sense, like you're paying them to make those connections. Yeah. And, uh, and that's, that is the easiest thing to do. Then there should be a plan for how to go about doing the promo, but that's, that's something that the, that the PR guy in your case will, will know how to do, has done a bunch of times. They'll know where to get premieres and all these sorts of things. Right. So it's like, mm-hmm. I think that, that money is some of the best money you can spend. hundred uh, percent. From my Especially perspective, if like, you don't fully know what you're doing and you're not deeply engaged with the scene. Yeah. 100%. And the, the thing about like DIYing it is you can do that, but it's hard because you have to go out and make all of those connections yourself. Yep. Um, and there are people who try, but you're much more likely to get ignored in a deluge of crap. Whereas I never have to read an email from a promo person and I still have all the promos that they want to send me with all of the information that I need. Yeah, the, the way I like to describe it is there are literally people who cater to me specifically what they send. Yeah, exactly. Like, and, 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 you're ju- and, I, and to you, I'm just, you being a random unsigned band, I'm just person I have to email number 397. Yep. yep. Well, and this is what happened with, I mean, this is the first contact I really had with Kim Kelly, right? She sent me a Cormorant promo. She was like, dude, I think that you are going to like this. And she was right. Right? So like, that's, I mean, think about, that's just one simple step, but like, yeah. That's it. That's what a PR person does well. That's what they're there for. So I feel like that's a big thing. So now if you don't listen to that advice, <laughs> then the next thing is you need to build a, you need to plan your strategy. You need to have a strategy. 
You can't just like put a record out and then run around emailing people like, hey, I've released an album. In fact, one of the things that I find to be really annoying with people who just sort of like load shit up, like upload shit to Bandcamp yeah. and then start sending out information to people like, hey, I have a thing on Bandcamp. Like, okay, cool. But, but now like any sense of, I don't know, any sense of anticipation that anyone could have had for it, any time to enjoy it, any, any sort of anything, it's gone. Yeah. Um, so I feel like that's it. And it pretty much for us, because we want to be ahead of the release schedule, um, yeah. that pretty much puts you out of the, of the running for us in terms of reviews, because it's like, yeah. well, that means it, our turnaround is between promo and, and review, uh, is, is probably honestly six to eight weeks is reasonable for us. Right. Like, because yeah. we have to. It's going through a lot of people. It's going through editors and all these sorts of things. We function like a magazine. We're not just like a, you know, a blog spot. Yeah. And, uh, and that means that like, yeah. So then when we're talking about a review, what? Like a month later, six weeks later? No. I mean, it's, it's, that doesn't do anybody. And nobody wants to read about you because no one knows who you are. Right? That's like we have to actually, and I, and maybe this is a thing that I should say right now. Mm -hmm. Like, People read, people want to read positive reviews of their favorite bands. Yeah. That is what people want on a blog. They want confirmation bias. Yeah. Right? They want to come in and know that the new enslaved record is the best enslaved record ever. Yeah. That's what they want to know. Like, and, and because that's what they think. Yeah. So, so I have to like... <clears throat> Like I have to make an active choice every single time I review a band that nobody has heard of to essentially waste. And I'm putting that in quotes in the air, very good radio, um, but, but I, to essentially waste a time that I could be fawning over a major label release that everyone's going to love that will bring lots of new viewers in a portion of which who will continue to read the blog thus making us bigger. Right. Yeah. Um, and by the way, we don't advertise. If we advertise, that's all cash flow, yeah. right? So essentially, reviewing independent bands costs you cash flow. Uh, if if we're talking about the difference between, and we are literally talking about the difference of thousands or tens of thousands of clicks, right? Now hold so up like, before you move before you move on, Phil. Just I want to point out to anybody listening that this is a very key point he made right here of why many bands do not get reviewed two key points you just made just wanted to put punch that up for you so anyways go ahead so so i mean like for me that's that's and and we do by the way like we want to review independent bands yeah. we want to review small labels i for example when i'm doing the records of the month i often make a choice if it's a toss-up i often make a choice to put the independent or small label band on top because i know that it matters because we yeah. literally have put bands from the red into the black in terms of their releases by making the record of the month. Yep. Um, so like, that's not an exaggeration. Like there really is like, has been an angry metal guy bumped. It was it, when the first time it was reported to me, I was like over the moon because it's exactly the kind of thing that uh, you want to be able to do. You want to be able to help independent bands, like get some footing, right? Like you, that's, that's an incredible cool thing to do. But like the, those are, that's the point where we go from just like confirmation bias to trying to be tastemakers, but that takes effort on our part, right? Like we have to actually try to do that. So there's, so there's that. So have your plan, get your stuff out and, 
I say use Bandcamp because Bandcamp is fantastic for independent bands if yep. they're not using Holix, like if they're not going to be, right? Because they can send out the yum codes, they can get everything ready and prepped, uh, people can buy their music as opposed to, and they can stream their music if they want to. But like, yeah. use that. Um, the other thing I would say is like, send me a bio, but don't send it as the text of the email, send it separately. Give me yeah. two lines of text and tell me exactly where the download is of, of the thing that you're sending me, right? Like make it as simple and as fast as possible. I don't need anything more than that. Um, so those are sort of the big ones. Uh, don't send me, don't send me streams. Don't send anybody streams. Like I like streams. Some people like okay, them, but like most, streams. but you should do both. I think. Well, but what I'm saying is, like, don't tell me that I can't download your music that I'm oh, like yeah, literally absolutely. not getting Definitely. paid. Definitely. That I'm literally not getting paid to review. Like the only payment that we get is free fucking music. And by the way, not even like CD quality free music, right? Like MP3 quality music. Yeah. Uh, that's it. That's what we get. So, so it's like, don't fucking tell me that I can't. Like, we're not leaking your shit. And honestly, and honestly, some of these bands, the best thing that could happen to them is that they're a big deal and people leak their shit, right? Because when nobody knows who you are, when nobody knows who you are, like some fucking word of mouth is what you need. Not, not if you're Nine Inch Nails, but like, right? Like, oh yeah, no, yeah. I, th I think about this a lot. I used to work at a, at, a, at a very small PR agency when I was much younger, and that was like, like there would be a lot of like. There were there there'd be a lot of people who were like very upset that their record that would sell twenty copies would get leaked, and it's like, man, like I don't even know where I'd go for a leak anymore. Yeah. Right? Well, and the, and like the YouTube, nowadays, I guess. Well, the thing the thing is, the more people that know you, the more chances you're going to have of getting getting a purchase later or something else. Anyway, so it's like, who for fucking sure. cares now? Yeah, especially yeah. like especially with Spotify and shit nowadays, like. Honestly, yeah. how many people are really going to fucking listen to your leaked album? The one thing that I will give these streaming sites uh, or the streaming companies, because there's multiple and they do have pretty much, they have not total coverage overlap, but pretty close to total coverage overlap. I think that Apple Music and Spotify both have some, have some exclusives, right? Yeah. Bit, yeah. Uh, but, but I mean, like, generally speaking, you don't have to have both. Yeah. Uh, in order to write. So, so I mean, um, I think that's fantastic because if you look at what's happening with Netflix, that's like the worst, worst case scenario, right? Like if streaming were to start, everybody wanted to do like, yeah, suddenly Warner is doing their own streaming service, like shoot me. Yeah. Uh, people would start pirating again. Yeah, uh, because sure. the key, the key is essentially that you have, that you have uh, media coverage here. Mm -hmm. So, um, so I mean, I think that's great. And it's true. Like, right, there are the only thing that people pirate now, I think, is pre-release. Yeah. So and even then, it's not that often, I don't think. Yeah, no, I don't think it's that often anymore. Um, and actually, honestly, for me, the only thing that I've even thought about, like, even thought about pirating is trying to find, like, old releases of crazy shit that are, you know, being sold for $250 on Yeah, and, and, and at that point, yeah. it's it's like... It's like, that's not even, that's not like, like, cause yeah, we've all like you and I, I think Curtis a little less so are like super black metal nerds. And not there are, there, there are some demos that like you can literally only get on RAR blogs, but that's like a separate thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, that's like, yeah. I'm, and, there, and that's one of the issues I think with streaming actually is that we're running out of time, but that's one of the issues with streaming in my eyes is that, um, 
like when Bob Seger wasn't on streaming until recently, like, well, fuck, because there's going to be a whole generation who's just not going to listen to Bob Seger because they can't get yep. it on Spotify. You yep. know, because they're not going to go buy a Bob Seger CD. No. You and, know, and they're not listening like, to radio in the same way. Yeah. So, like, and, and like, that's not their fault. That's just the platforms they have. Yeah. Regard. Yep. Anyway, so we have four minutes left. Uh, continue. All right. So, the last thing that I want to say um, is that, like, we don't owe you anything. Yeah. And I think that this is, uh, and this isn't to say that we don't care, but it's just to say that, like, you know, a follow up email is fine. Uh, after that, you should probably call them that. Um, and, and like, yeah, I mean, have, a, have some perspective on who you are in the sea of releases uh, and be happy for the, for the coverage that you get. Um, and I know that that sounds like kind of dickish, but trust me, like, again, when you're dealing with literally hundreds of releases every month, um, it is, it's a fucking, it is absolutely a crapshoot sometimes, right? Because people are just kind of pointing at a genre that they like and grabbing something. Well, even um, when you got a publicist, it's the same thing. Cause I mean, with a hundred releases coming out every month and like you said, you yeah. only got 90 spots, um, yeah. like, sorry, 500, like, you know, it, nobody owes you nothing. That's definitely 100%. And that sucks. I mean, it's, it's not, it's not nice. And you know, you feel bad because then these labels who you dig or these, these promo people you get along with, like you're not covering their stuff and they're sending you emails being like, Hey, right. And it's just like, oh. yeah. you know, I mean, it's, it's tough. You can't, you can't cover everything, but I mean like, uh, so we feel bad about it, but, but in, in a sense, like what I want to say to independent bands is like good on you, but just remember that like, uh, there's no, there's, there's no reason that we have to cover uh, and like, and you, you should work as hard as you possibly can. Um, you should work as hard as you possibly can to make sure that you are making it as easy for us as possible. Uh, because those reviews, those reviews matter. And uh, that means that ease of access is, is absolutely uh, the, the best first step that you can take. Also make a good record. But, I agree. You know. So yeah, ease, ease, ease is like so underlooked by people, but you're right. Just that is in itself is a huge difference. One, One clip. That's all I want. This one, like, like, hey, this is not. This does not have a virus. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Um. Anyway, any final things to plug as we head towards the end here? Uh, not, not right now, but you know, if we, uh, if we come back in a couple months, I may actually have stuff to plug and follow angry get metal guy on Twitter. Uh, I, yeah. Following your metal guy on Twitter. Cause you know, I do, I do the best polls, but, um, next to me, let me see here. Uh, Justin Bieber, sorry lyrics. <gasps> Is he going to do it? <laughs> Let's see if I can. You know, this song is kind of awesome. My son Gage is here. He's going to clap if you do it. <laughs> we have a minute left before this kicks us off. You got to do it's it. It's going to be great. I'm getting in there. Can you, can you hear the... Oh, wait. It's not audio. Oh. <laughs> I shouldn't know this song. No. What, what, was this? what did I do for you? Oh, I know what I should do. You did uh, everything I do. Everything I do, yeah. Oh, but this guy's like, this guy sucks. We're running out of time. We're going to get it next time. This has been Dumb and Dumbest.
Enjoy them, but just just <laughs> people. You have been listening. I, I think we're just we're fucking with the we're fucking with the copyright uh, issues of your blog because I'm playing Sorry in the background. Yes. Of your, of your Thank you for listening. This has gotten Damn, silly. Was great, though. Curtis, I'm not saying are we done yet. I'm enjoying this. <laughs> Everything is terrible